This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 71 of the On The Banks Podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11. And, of course, you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you enjoy what we do with the On The Banks podcast, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us just by searching On The Banks. As we sit back, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay home, make sure to check out OnTheBanks.com for all of your Rutgers sports news, opinions, and information. As I say to all my guests, I'll say the same to you, all of our great listeners. I hope everyone right now hearing my voice is safe and healthy. I'm very excited to be joined once again on episode 71 of the podcast by Rutgers wrestling head coach, Scott Goodell. Coach Goodell and I get into the arrival of Sebastian Rivera wrestling at a potential fanless rack, all the various when will they wrestle scenarios that are being discussed, and so much more as you'll hear in our discussion. You know, unfortunately, and I hope I am completely wrong, but I doubt we will have college athletics for the rest of 2020. Specifically, I refer to college football. You know, frankly, if you ask me my opinion on professional sports as well, I think only basketball and hockey will finish their seasons. I don't think football will even start. I don't think baseball will finish, but look, that's a conversation for another day. The Ivy League already canceled fall sports. So did the Patriot League. And, you know, I get it. They aren't the Big Ten. They aren't, you know, SEC, ACC, Big 12, uh, the Pac-12. You know, they aren't the Power Five conferences. But even with the Power Fives, we are starting to see that college athletics during this pandemic just can't be done. And look, I hope I'm wrong. I hope come September 1, everything has settled down and we are squashing the spread nationwide. And if we do so, I'll admit that I was wrong. But the Big Ten has already moved to an all-conference schedule. And at least as of right now, you can't argue with me that it's safe, even though they moved to an all-conference schedule, to send Rutgers student-athletes to these various states. Sending close to 100 people, if not more, to Ohio, to Indiana, to Michigan, it's not the smart thing to do, and most importantly, it's not the safe thing to do. Football is a game, and we need to remember that. I know that teenagers and young adults do not face the same risks that older people do, but again, football is only a game. We can do without a game for one season if it means our student-athletes that represent Rutgers so well are protected. We all want to see college football, and even though my opinion might sound like I think otherwise, I really hope we have a season. But this isn't about the entertainment of me doing the podcast or you listening to it. This is about safety first and foremost, and that, my friends, that should never change. Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. Coming off a shortened postseason that ended after the Big Ten tournament and now uncertainty looming for the 2020-2021 year, joining me on the podcast is the head coach of Rutgers Wrestling, Scott Goodale. Coach, how are you? Thanks so much for coming on, as always. No problem, man. I appreciate you having me on. I'm doing good. Doing good. So, Coach, now we are going on four months without sports. You know, you, of course, haven't seen the guys in a while and haven't really been able to work with them I believe you're also a big Yankees fan, and we should be watching them gear up for what, in a normal world, would be the trade deadline in a few weeks. 
So let me ask you this. How are you getting through this pandemic? What's the day been like in the Goodell house over the last few months? Well, it started out, it was it was something totally new, right? The shock of not having a national tournament, not being able to watch the, the NCAA basketball championships, not having an opening day for sports. So that's a big, you know, all that stuff's important in our household. You know, we're a big sports family. So it, it, at first it was, it was weird. It was different. It was uh, somewhat exciting, too, because for 30 years, I've never had a break come spring. Never. So to, to be able to do some things with my family and sit home and cook, things like that, uh, it was all cool. It was neat. And, you know, you fast forward here to where we are today, and it's now it's to the point where it's like, all right, there's so much uncertainty. I want to get back with our guys. I want to get on the road recruiting. I want to go to these tournaments. Uh, so so it's a little bit of a anxiety, I'd say, but started out great. First couple months, it was, again, it was different. It was new. Do not like not having sports. Uh, but that's, that, that's, that's been my life, you know, with the family, with the kids, doing a lot with my son as far as training goes, and, uh, you know, spending time with the daughter and, and all that good stuff. So it's been different, but it's time to get back right now. So I want to get to the most talked about news in college athletics over the last week. It was the Ivy League's decision to cancel sports for the rest of 2020. And look, the Ivy League was the first to cancel their conference basketball tournament. So they really beat everyone to it when shutting things down back in March. Now, look, who knows what things will be like come the start of the new school year. Obviously, it changes every week and really every day. But what were, you know, just your general impressions and your opinion of the decision the Ivy League made to, in July, say sports are out for the rest of the year? I think it was a reaction to what's going on nationwide, right? The virus is, is it's like attacking more now for some reason. And cases are up and every everything's up everywhere but really New Jersey and New York and in some other states. So I think it was a reaction. Everybody across the nation is telling you, you can't do something. You can't do it. You can't go back. You can't do this. You can't listen. I'm no doctor. Uh, so I, I don't know the answers. And that's the most frustrating part is the uncertainty we talked about. But that was my initial reaction. We're in the middle of July. Just hold on here. But I guess you have to make decisions, right? You got to get kids back on campus. It's not just, okay, we're going back September 1st. So I guess decisions have to be made. They were the first conference to do it. The Big Ten then came out yesterday with an all-Big Ten conference alignment for just football. Clearly, that's the direction everybody's going. Uh, We'll probably go that direction for wrestling, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, yeah, I think that's my initial reaction is, uh, you know, Middle of July, somebody had to do it. The Ivy League did it, and uh, you're going to see the rest of the conferences probably following suit. Now, I think with predicting how wrestling will be dealt with when it comes to having a season or not, what happens with football could really foreshadow that decision. They're the two most physical college sports. Obviously, football is 11-on-11, and wrestling is 1-on-1, but you can't really social distance like you can in football. You can't do that while you're wrestling. Obviously, what happens is out of your hands, it's out of Rutgers' hands. The Big Ten will make the final call. But have you been going through potential scenarios in your head? What if the season has to move? What if it gets shortened like they're doing with football? Or, God forbid, what if it gets canceled? Man, that's a great question. And just so our listeners know, there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of dialogue with our staff. There's a lot of dialogue with the Big Ten coaches. We're going to get on a call Monday to see what a schedule looks like starting in January. And listen, for wrestling, this is the next step anyway. If this virus never happened, 
we should become a second semester sport. We should start our season December 28th and end in the middle of April. Gets us away from the national basketball championships, uh, so a lot more eyes would be on wrestling. So this is something that's been in the works for years. What an opportunity now just to do it and just go with it because a lot of coaches, you know, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are some coaches maybe against it. Well, now here we are faced with it. So this this is in our face all the time, and this is what we want to do. So this could end up being a really, really good thing for the sport of wrestling. And those are the scenarios we're going over. Not again, there's so much more that goes into it. The scenarios of should we give our guys a gap year? Should someone like Sebastian Rivera take an Olympic red shirt so he doesn't waste a year, right? Things like that. Nick Suriano, should he do another Olympic red shirt? Again, these are, I'm just giving you examples of what our staff is consistent, constantly talking about. Uh, there's so much unknown again, and we don't know what to do with this incoming coming freshman class. You know, if we knew we were going to start December 28th, end in the middle of April, good. We'll get them all back on campus when it's time to get back and go to work, but we just don't know right now. So, and we don't want guys to have to, to waste a year. So these are critical decisions we're going to have to make as a staff at the university. You know, it's interesting, you and your staff, and potentially fall sports as well, you're in the same, or you could be at least, in the same position as spring sports were only a few months ago. Spring sports got canceled, seniors got an extra year of eligibility, now coaches have to figure out the rosters for next season and potentially change their whole outlook for the year. How do you go about that uncertainty? What is the dialogue like with your staff in trying to figure out Sebastian's situation or Nick's situation? You know, it's such an unprecedented time. How do you maneuver all of these new challenges? There's really no playbook for it. No, you're right. It's a lot of wherewithal. You got to have an idea. We don't really have an idea. That's what. And how does the university help you? So if you get an extra year, does that kid get this scholarship? And are we able to go over the 9.9? How does that work? What does that look like? Uh, I remember back in April when they decided to give spring sports their scholarship and guys, you got the, the university had to get the money up for, let's say, lacrosse kids or baseball kids if they decided to keep them and they wanted to come back to school to give them their year back. So I think it cost Ohio State $3.2 million just to get spring sport athletes another year. Um, so there's so much money that goes into it. It's a putting a puzzle together. We haven't been given that directive yet. If this is what you're going to be able to do, because we set this out, you know, five years in advance. If you recruit a kid and you got him for five years, his money's occupied basically for the five years, unless he does something stupid and loses money. But for the most part, they're, they're on scholarship for that amount of time. Now you're saying it's a sixth year. So what do you do with the incoming guys in Scott? So a lot of it has to do with finances from your department, uh, and that's a, that's a huge hurdle to, to have to go through or jump over. So we talk about it a lot. We just don't know what – it's hard to say we're going to do this, for example, with Sebastian and Nick, not knowing if we're, we're going to have that money down the line. And if the season does remain in its current format, obviously best-case scenario, it starts late 2020 and ends in March, how do you prepare your team for possibly a fanless season with wrestling being a sport with so much emotion? You know – where the crowd in wrestling matches, especially at the rack, can really lift and provide a boost to your wrestlers. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I got to believe in January and February, right? There's got to be some type of fans. I, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked at that. That brings up a, a really good question. Really good point. I haven't looked what that would look like. Listen, we have guys that come to Rutgers because they want to wrestle at the rack. That's a huge selling point for our, for our program, for our kids, for the kids in state. I can't imagine uh, what that looks like, the rack, wrestling the duel at the rack with no one there. That just doesn't 
I don't see it. I don't want to see it. So let's, I, I'd rather not go there. Uh, but, you, you know, maybe I have to start looking into it a little bit. Listen, at the end of the day, put your foot on the line, shake hands. Let's get ready to scrap for seven minutes. That will be our mindset. I can guarantee you that if it comes to it. How have you been able to communicate with your guys, you know, keep them in wrestling shape, keep them sharp? Because, you know, I'm sure the difficulty in doing so is great because they can't really practice, you know, wrestling being such a physical sport. They can't really practice one-on-one with anyone while all of this is going on. Yeah, it's it's, it's funny you say that. When it first started, I, I kind of told people it was the best thing that ever happened. We did more Zoom calls, Web and WebExes. We did more one-on-one meetings with our staff and our guys because that's all the time we had. You asked earlier what did I – what was a day in the life at our house? It was me in the basement just having all these meetings. And uh, it was good, man. It was uh, it was great. I mean, I think going forward, we're going to do that from here on out. You know, we're going to just have those those Zoom call meetings. So that was really good. And then just recently, we've been able to get with, back with our guys uh, and train. So believe it or not, the last couple of weeks, we've been with them training. And listen, at the end of the day, they're Division One athletes. Figure it out. Find a way to get better each and every day. Uh, train. You got to train. It doesn't always have to be wrestling. Maybe it's a lot more running, a lot more weight training, uh, getting out in the park and doing some things out there. So you can get better. You can train. And for a lot of our guys, it was good to have a little break. So we'll see the good, the guys who, who are really invested will come back in great shape whenever we're able to come back. Joined alongside by Rutgers Wrestling head coach Scott Goodell. So coach, I want to get to the team now. You had a young group last year and even with that youth you had five guys headed to the NCAA tournament. That must excite you since, you know, you have some of these guys coming back, so that added experience now will be there, and you have some big-time talent being added to the team that's really expected to make a lot of noise next season. Yeah, we have a really – I'm super excited for this season just based on, you know, last year was kind of a rebuild, and we put a lot of new freshmen in the lineup, but we also had a lot of freshmen redshirting can make a splash and it makes you know score points at the national tournament we're excited about those guys then you put a recruiting class that was maybe number 12 in the country depending on the poll and there's some kids that are probably going to start right away that could start right away and uh, and there's a lot of talent and there, there's young talent but there's also there's veterans right hopefully a return of a national champion uh technically with the way it worked out Aguilar, Alvarez are both All-Americans, so um, that's good. They're excited to get back. So there's so many, and then of course the transfers, right? Rivera and Boone McDermott, a heavyweight junior national champ, so junior college national champ. So there's a lot more depth in our room. We have a lot of problems, which is a good thing. Meaning, who knows who's going to wrestle at certain weights uh, because there's so much depth, and there's guys that are really, really hungry. So we finally got this to the point where. Super competitive in the room. You don't know who the starter's going to be. There are going to be a lot of challenges. But then there's a there's a, there's a a part of our program, right, where everybody knows there's some hammers, guys that can win the national tournament. So uh, that's what has us excited. And I'm just hoping we get a chance to show it all together with this group because I think we could be a, be a special team. You know, me personally, I'm really excited as well to see the upper weights for you next year. Billy Janzer, of course, returns. You bring in a junior college national champion in Boone McDermott. Christian Colucci gets an extra year of eligibility after his injury, so he'll be back. Pairing those in the upper weights alongside Nick Aguilar, Sammy Alvarez, another year of Jojo Aragano, uh, Sebastian Rivera. You really have that lineup depth from top to bottom, starting at 125, going all the way to heavyweight. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if we get mileage out of 57, 
49, 57, and 65. Those are those are going to be the key weights. I just think, you know, you, you talk about the upper weights. Chancellor's going to move up. Uh, probably on paper right now, if you looked at it, John Posnanski is going to want to go. That doesn't mean he's automatically going to wrestle. Again, if it was a normal year, we'd keep him in redshirt for a little bit, but he's ready to go. And, uh, you know, Joe Grello being back for his sixth years or fifth years is huge for us. So I think a lot is going to be said. 49 through 65, uh, Mikey Van Brill comes back, so there's a national qualifier. But there's guys chasing him down, you know, that want that spot. So really, really talented kids. So um, that, that's probably the, the heart and soul of if we can get production out of those three weights, we can have a really special year. But uh, you're right, man. Our, our upper weights, we feel like we're in a good shape. We're in good shape there with some depth, guys who can win and win big matches. And, you know, you mentioned John Poznanski coming in. What about that freshman class really excites you? You know, Poznanski is probably the one coming in with most of the hype in that group. But what do you think those guys can bring in their freshman year and ultimately down the road here at Rutgers? Yeah, I think it's a great class. You know, I think, you know, obviously Johnny Paz is, is the is the, is the the big name, right? Connor O'Neill is the big name. Dylan Shaver is a huge name. Uh, and I think those guys, I think they're ready to win right now. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to go because we got some guys there. So from a development standpoint, it's good for Connor to, to redshirt and get used to college. It's good for Dylan maybe to redshirt. You know, you can really start to look at that for development of the program. But we got guys like Andrew Clark and Kyle Epperly and all these freshmen coming in, Joe Colon, Nico Messina. There's so many other guys I'm missing. But it's a big class that are, I said this the other day, it's a lot of untapped potential meaning there's so much upside these guys we feel could be really really good uh and pretty quickly so uh the bottom line is we just got to develop them we just got to keep developing we work on that every single day not only with these freshman class but fifth year seniors keep developing them and at some point they got to take it and run with it and uh that's going to be our plan but this is a good group and like i said those guys that are top heavy meaning paws o'neill shaver we think they could score points at the national tournament pretty quickly so when they get their chance, it'll be. Um, we'll, we'll keep keep in mind their development, but when it's their time to go, they'll be ready to go. So Sebastian Rivera, you know, it was rumored for a while that Rutgers was going to be his final destination to finish out his college career, and you can even say he hinted at it with his praise for New Jersey during the Big Ten tournament. How excited are you to have Sebastian join the program, a true national title contender? And what do you envision for him? You know, where do you see him slotting into this lineup? Well, the whole the whole point of him coming and and when he made the shout out at the Big Tens, I don't think he was telling the Jersey guys I'm coming home. It was not about that. That's just Sebastian being a showman, being from Jackson, New Jersey, which was my hometown. So that's pretty cool. You know, I've known him since he was a baby. So there's a relationship there that dates way back. But that was just him embracing the crowd, who really embraced him all weekend. He fed off that, and I knew he was gonna. And the crowd just got behind him from match number one, and it took off. But he wants to go 141. That's a big deal, uh, you know, basically if, if Nick comes back. So it works out well. But if Nick doesn't come back, we still have Sammy, and Sammy still has a red shirt. So I think he sees the passion of the fan base. I think that was clear. You know, he wants to wrestle in front of six, 7,000 every single night. That's something – uh, that that probably drove him a little bit to come home, and this is where his fans are. He's just going to be in the MMA, uh, so he's going to be around Frankie Edgar. Uh, he's going to be you know training in the off season, doing that kind of stuff. So it's just a perfect situation for him. And listen, he's one of the best kids in the country. He's a top five kid 
in all weights. You know, he's special. He's exciting. Uh, he's fun to watch, and we expect him to win a national title. And that's that's a, uh, you know, we'll work at it every day. Won't talk about it a whole heck of a lot, but that's what he wants to do, and we're going to give him all the resources to do it. You know, we talk so much about expectations. The team expectations could even be raised depending on what Nick Suriano decides to do for this coming year. Have you talked to Nick about his plans? What he, you know, what might he be thinking about whether to return for his final season or, or not and potentially take another Olympic redshirt? Yeah, I think in fairness to Nick, I won't go in great detail, but there's been dialogue. There's been dialogue with, uh, with myself uh, his dad, who obviously has a big say in what goes on, and, and Nick. Nick's a Nick's a grown man now, and there's a reason for everything he does. He has a reason behind it, and uh, he's not going to make a decision now because there's so much uncertainty. And that's kind of where we're at. You know, that's kind of where we're at. He could he could chase an Olympic medal. He could take another redshirt. He can come back and try to get his degree, which he really wants to do. Uh, and then he could take a regular red. There's so many things that are on the table. Uh, I believe in my heart of hearts he would like to come back to Rutgers and wrestle. Will he do that? I can't I can't answer that right now. I just don't know. And I don't think he knows based on what's going on, you know? And so. I'm sure for you, just the prospect of potentially having him back is exciting because, you know, you mentioned if he comes back and is at 133, you have him at 133, Sebastian at 141. That's potential back-to-back national titles right there in terms of weight classes. Yeah, listen, you'd be stupid not to want to have Nick Soriano back, but it's got to be good for him too. We got to have the resources for him, and and uh, we got to put. And I think, I, obviously, I know we have all that. I just he's got to feel comfortable enough he can get back in that room and, and chase this thing down. I think, uh, you know, obviously, who wouldn't want an opportunity to win a couple national titles? And then you throw in a bunch of all Americans around them. We got a shot here. Like we got a real shot here, and that's the way I see it. Uh, I hope he sees that. Um, and I know the rest of our guys kind of see it too. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. And that's until there's some decisions made from an NCAA standpoint, a Big Ten standpoint, uh, we probably won't have an answer for Nick yet. Coach, a couple more before I let you go. You know, I enjoy every Friday watching you and Anthony Ashnault on the wrestling room. You always have great guests, Gio Baker, Sebastian Rivera, Todd Frazier a few months ago, Coach Peichel, among others. That's got to be pretty fun for you to do that with Anthony every Friday morning and to have some great guests on both involved with Rutgers or just involved with wrestling overall. You know what, man? We did it as like Marco Sports asked us to kind of do it just to keep everybody abreast of what was going on. And I thought it would maybe a one or two time thing. And it turned into this where everybody wants it. I got people DMing me and emailing me. Let's add, let's get this guest. Let's get that guest. And everybody's been so willing to come on and, Especially from a Rutgers standpoint, we've had some really, really cool guests, and having Frazier and Durkin and Edgar and those guys it, uh, it was awesome. So, and they're good friends of mine. But I, I think the rest of the Rutgers nation needs to hear their stories. So it just it turns into, and we put time into it. Like it's something Anthony and I talk about quite a bit. And like today, I didn't think it was. I thought it was a little choppy, and I didn't like the way it went. And it's we take this really, really serious. So, but it turned at first. It was kind of like, yeah, let's just do it to get on there and shoot it a little bit. And now it's it's turned into this incredible thing where people are tuned in and they're interesting and. And yeah, having like listening to Geo Baker's story for me, that's just what it's all about. I love it. And I give him this platform or Anthony gives him this platform to, to share that story. And Coach Peichel, I think, is one of the best coaches in the country. Forget about the sport. So just hearing him and, and, and all that good stuff. And then, of course, you get guys like Marco Battaglia. So it's all good. It's fun. It's exciting. And uh, I, we look forward to it every Friday morning. 
And look, you and Anthony are very close. You know, every wrestling fan, whether they're a Rutgers fan or not, knows that. But it seems like you guys really just have a good time. You know, it's really organic. It's very fun. You guys go there and really just shoot for an hour. And it's really turned into the place to be at 9 a.m. on Fridays for Rutgers fans and just wrestling fans overall. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you think that because we don't really know, you know. We get a lot of people watch it back later. That's where we get a lot of the views. And, and that's cool. People are tuning in. And at first, like I said, it started as one or two. But I was also answering a lot of questions. I, I used that show to answer all the questions instead of all the phone calls and emails and one by one, it, it really allows me to, to kind of give you the state of the union, what's going on in, with our guys, what's going on in the wrestle room, what's going on with the big 10, what's going on with this pandemic. So I, I was able to do all that with recruiting as much as possible. So, and then of course, Anthony has this platform. He was getting ready to go compete. He's, he's training, he's feeling great. Olympic, you know, Olympics, he's world team trials. So everybody wants to know what he's doing probably more so than me so it was it's a good thing man it's a good thing and the people enjoy it and just when i think we're gonna stop doing it people are like no 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 you gotta get back on there so we just keep doing it coach last one for me you know i think what changes with this coming season compared to last year is expectations as we've been discussing you know throughout the podcast you had a young squad last year one that was really growing throughout the season this year that youth comes back you had some big pieces and now the expectations compared to this time last year are much higher. How do you advise your group to deal with expectations, especially since, at least in their college careers, this could be the first time they deal with being the favorite instead of trying to bring down the favorite as they may have had to do in the past? Yeah, well, it's a twofold question, right? That's all part of the recruiting process. Listen, if you come here, there's expectations. This And this fan base, they love what's happening, but now they want more, right? They want a trophy. They want us to chase down Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State, Minnesota. At the end of the day, we haven't beaten those teams yet in the duel. You know, we got to start doing that a little bit more frequently. We got to start winning those big matches. But it starts in the recruiting process. There are expectations here. You either embrace them or you run and hide from them. And we've had guys flat out not want to come to Rutgers because of pressure of wrestling in front of six, seven guys. If you don't love that and you don't embrace that, you're never going to survive. You'll never, you'll never do well at this level. So there's been guys that flat out have said, yeah, I want to go somewhere where either it's smaller or not that it's not that important, but it's just, it's such a big deal. There's expectations. There's no doubt about it. Our guys feel it. They know it. And, uh, you know, there's no secret. We were in a rebuilding year last year, but that didn't matter because there's expectations you need to perform if you're in that lineup. And some guys handled it a lot better than others. So, um, our guys understand it. We talk about the expectation. That's all part of coming here. But why else would you do it, right? If it's not important, why else would you even do it? So it, it's great that people have expectations. It's great that there's excitement. It's great that there's nerves. That means it's important to you. So uh, we're certainly fired up that the program's at that point, and we just got to keep building on it. The head coach of Rutgers Wrestling, Scott Cadell. Coach, as always, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, stay safe and stay healthy, and we look forward to seeing your squad at the rack hopefully very very soon thanks man i appreciate you having me you do a heck of a job buddy i want to thank coach goodell for coming on the podcast and giving me some time to talk rutgers wrestling you know this season for wrestling fans or no fans it'll be a fun one in what was a rebuilding year last year this team sent five to ncaa's and that's really a huge credit to coach and his staff and it's also a sign of where this program has gotten to because not many programs around the country can send five to the national tournament 
in what was supposed to be considered a down season. But looking at this coming year, so many returning names, right? Sammy Alvarez, Nick Aguilar, Billy Janzer, just to name a few. So many great additions in Boone McDermott, John Posnanski, Connor O'Neill. And then, of course, if that's not good enough for you, two-time Big Ten champion and two-time All-American. And, of course, national title contender Sebastian Rivera decides to come home for his final year and wrestle at Rutgers. We do not even know what Nick Suriano will decide yet, but the thought of Suriano and Rivera in the same lineup is exciting. Coach Goodell mentioned the hammers that this team will have, the wrestlers that can compete to win a title. Not just compete to score points at NCAAs, but compete to stand atop the podium once it's all said and done. Rutgers has those wrestlers. Since 2018, when Nick Suriano and Anthony Ashnault took home national titles, us Rutgers fans have been hungry for more. I have a good feeling, and yes, I'm knocking on wood as I say this, that the titles Rutgers fans are hungry for may very well return this coming season here on The Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.